Hello, everyone. This is Dovi Shapiro. I would like to give a special thanks to this week's sponsor, Fossman Jewelers. Thank you for being a sponsor of the Shluchim podcast and making this available to all the Shluchim. Today, I'll be interviewing Rabbi Mendy Telden, Shliach, the Comac, New York, on the topic of an uncensored evening with an authentic Hasidic couple. I just want to say thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to share your experiences and help Shluchim have more Hatzlach in their Shluchas. Thank you. Okay, let's get right to it. Mendy, I've heard you have this, this fascinating program, which is called, this, uh, in short, The Uncensored Evening. Can you just give us a brief description of what this is all about? The evolution of the idea started a while back when we moved into town. Of course, um, we wanted to meet the entire town, and we were convinced the entire town wanted to meet us, but they were just lacking a format to be able to engage. And we had a friend who had a bunch of friends who wanted to meet us, and we were lacking the right venue or the right format that, that, that they could really get to know Chabad. They were unaffiliated, they were reformed, conservative, and they've heard of this concept of Chabad. They knew um, that we're still in town, they knew we had a Hebrew school, but they really had tremendous questions that was, or misconceptions or whatever it was that was blocking them from, from really considering us as a real option. So we came up with this idea of making a very informal gathering that would allow the the parents and, and the friends of this close friend that we had to um, to be able to talk to us. So that was how it started. We've done, since done about 25, 30 of these events. And Baruch Hashem, each one in its own unique, unique way, has shown a tremendous return on investment. Let me ask you, what goes on at the event? Most of the shulchan have not heard of this event, so what, what actually goes on? The event itself, we've done a couple different formats. The event itself might have been for an older crowd, a post-Bar Mitzvah, post-Hebrew school crowd that, that have more time on their hand. It might be a younger crowd that's looking to put their kids in the Hebrew school. It could be a cross of both. But we have, we have it at, at a close friend's house, someone who's willing to open up their house to their friends and invite their friends. We try to keep it about seven, eight couples max, or else it loses its, uh, the intimate feel. And we've done it might say Shabbos or a Sunday afternoon, depending the crowd. Um, if they're coming with kids, you probably want a more Sunday afternoon. But we, we, we try to do it on a Mitzvah Shabbos, that the, there's uh, no kids around, the babysitter's home with the kids. The event itself is generally we, we come towards the evening, 7.30, 8 o'clock, whenever it's called for. We come in, um, we generally come fashionably 15, 20 minutes late, so the crowd already has started saying hello and schmooze and had a drink. Um, the, the couples, let's say five, six couples that are there, are drinking, eating, schmoozing. The host orders food, depending on what your locale is. We've done anywhere from just um, drinks and mezenas. We've had a sushi chef come and stand there and make sushi. We've had pizza for the kids. Depends where you, where you are and who who's coming to the event. But we come in. Um, the ideal situation would be we just uh, just adults, and we sit and schmooze. Or, you know, the guys are hanging with the guys and the, and, and the ladies are hanging with the ladies. I walk over to the guys, my folks over to the ladies. And after that first icebreaker, you, tr- you know, whatever it is, whatever your personality is to get past that. But we, we sit in shoes and we, we hang with the guys and talk about fantasy football and just non-religious stuff, just to, to, to men, to, 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 uh, to bond as, as guys. And my wife bonds with the ladies. After about half hour, 45 minutes, the host would 
invite everyone to the living room where the tables are set up in a in a not the tables the chairs or the cushions the couches are set up in a very circular way there's no front of the room it's not like I'm lecturing um, sometimes I would sit next to my wife sometimes we actually found that it's I would sit opposite my wife that people it's not just preaching but it's it's a group of people schmoozing and um, it depends the, the setting and depends um, how you want to play it out um, I then welcome everyone I say hello I, I tell a joke I then give a seven-minute, a five-minute pitch, not a pitch, the history of Chabad. You know, Chabad started 250 years ago, the philosophy of Chabad, and um, we're bringing it here to Comac, and we really, we're here for you guys, and, and whatever you guys um, um, would like to get out of your Jewish experience, we're here for you, and, and please, you know, I'm not really selling anything. It's, I'm not looking for membership. I'm not looking for kids in Hebrew school. I'm, I'm here to present myself as, um, as a rabbi to be a friend of yours. And really, this gives them an opening to talk about more meaningful things about their Judaism as well. Correct? Exactly. So I'm, I'm trying to set the stage where we're talking about Jewish stuff, and then each one of them can, can take it from there, whatever their Jewish experience has been. Um, and, and the conversation really goes. The conversation really can go anywhere. There obviously is, is the general topics of how my wife, the, Chabad, the Hasidic dating system, um, woman's role in, in, in Chabad, and... The conversation gets very intense in a positive way. It gets very intimate. Gets very. Um, we cover a lot of subjects that you wouldn't have another opportunity to really discuss with them. And again, depending on the crowd, it can get it can get very heavy. And you know, we've never had a negative fallback out of it, not negative fallout out of it. But um, people feel you try to create a an atmosphere where people feel comfortable really to talk about anything. Is this an event which is geared for a large crowd, or it's more of an intimate group of people? It's really geared to however much you can control an intimate environment. The idea of this event is to create friendships. Um, is to is when people leave the room, they're gonna wow, that, wow, that rabbi was really nice and very personable, and I can be his friend. I can be, um, I, I can call him, I can text him, I can I can engage with him, and he's not this distant, um, cold rabbi that I'm used to. And therefore, you know, if it gets more than six, seven couples, it becomes too big and you don't create a, a, a friendship with the, with the guys. So we've kept it about six, seven couples. Once we had ten couples, then it really was a little too big. You know, we weren't able to control the environment and, and people created their own circles around the house and, and were talking amongst themselves and we weren't, we weren't really able to dominate the conversation. You've seen success with this event? I'm going to say about... 90, 95% of the families that we've done this with have either been members or put their kids in Hebrew school or have come, started coming more consistently to events. Um, there, it, is a, it is a tremendous relationship builder. And we just did one a couple of weeks ago where it was a bunch of younger couples our age, you know, mid-30s. And we've become very close friends over the last couple of weeks. We text. They came Friday night services last week, all because there's a friendship there. And even though one of them their wife, their wife is a is a very big feminist and very anti-machitz and all that. But she came Friday night services to give it a try. She knew her husband has become friendly with myself, and she knew that, and she was friendly with my wife, and that was able. She was able to look past the machitz for for those few minutes, and she might put her, her kids in Hebrew school. And it's only because um, of this event. I never knew them beforehand, and just there was a friendship created there. So just to make clear, I believe you mentioned this, but I think it's a really important thing for everyone to know, this event is specifically done in someone else's house, right? You would never host it in your own house or in your Chabad house. Correct. The premise is that you have to find someone that you're very close with that is willing to put himself out there for Chabad. 
and say, you know what, you have five, six friends. You have friends that are um, Jewish and um, would would like, not even get involved with Chabad, but would like to have a, a relationship with a rabbi, would like to have someone that they can talk with. Maybe we have an event at your house that um, that they can come over and sit in shoes. They send out the email. They do the inviting. It's at their house. Uh, as soon as someone has to come to a synagogue or go to a rabbi's house, you already lose half the element of, of half the comfort level, if not more. I mean, there, there's a very strong comfort level that you're trying to create that people can come in and, and, and make themselves vulnerable, um, ask the real questions, and not feel threatened. Well, what's very interesting about this, what I noticed from what you're saying, is that, that, the, that the Shlidach actually does not have to do a lot of PR, of fancy brochure, and spend money on design, and uh, even the event itself. It, it, do, you, do you usually spend anything on the event? We've spent, How does that work? most events, we spend nothing. Most events, um, the host pays for everything. There was one event, I, so if we're having, let's say, a sushi chef come, I ask the host to um, ask the participants to spend $36 a person, which, which people do without blinking, going to a friend's house, having unlimited drinks, unlimited sushi for five hours, and it costs them $30, $35. Um, you know, everyone has done it. So in those cases, when you have seven couples, he's paying $70. It comes out, you know, $500. The sushi guy costs another $100, $200. So I'll pick up that, or the host will pay the difference. Um, but but outside of that, the host will, will pay for the entire thing. Um, it's it's cakes, it's drinks, it's snacks, and and there's really no marketing. It's you ask the person to do it. You pick a date together. You give them two, three choices. Your only cost is a babysitter. When it comes to who's coming to the event, it's really not something where you need to rack your brains and, and, and look through your list to see who you, you're going to invite, you know, from people that you've heard about that you want to bring closer. It's really it's, people it's better than that. that are friends the, of the host. That's what it right, is. The, the, people, the people coming to this event are not on your list. You don't yeah. even know them. There have been times that we knew two, three couples. On this one we recently just did now, we only knew the host. We didn't know any of the other families. When we got there, we realized we knew one of the families, but these are, are completely new people. If you can do three, four of these a year, you're, you're, you're introducing yourself to 20 new families. We try to do them in the winter on a Mitzvah Shabbos. When Shabbos ends 5.30, 6 o'clock, we call it for 8. Um, we've done it in the summer. We've done it on a, on, on a Sunday afternoon. But um, we, we, you know, if I could do this hypothetically every Mitzvah Shabbos. This is the greatest event you'll ever do. What have you found? When is the best time to, to do the event? Winter Saturday nights, Mitzvah like Shabbos, um, there's not much going on. You know, people want to be indoors. You know, if there was a families, if kids with Hebrew school kids, we've done a Sunday afternoon and had pizza brought over. But Mitzvah like Shabbos, when it's cold outside, people are staying home. They're looking for camaraderie. You know, uh, it's 8 o'clock, you call for Mitzvah like Shabbos. Shabbos is over 5.30, put the kids to sleep take a shower, come out fresh, go to their house. You know, I come very relaxed. My, my, my white shirt, black pants, but, you know, a colored uh, a green sweater, not to get grub here, but uh, something that I, you know, just make it casual, make it very casual. Right, and do, you, do you call it for a certain time, from this time to this time, or it's... Uh, no, come at 8. Come at 8, you know, and if it's older... Well, I mean, is people, there an end time? No, no. And it really can go to any time. We sat last time till 12.30. We sat till 1 in the morning. Once we were actually leaving the next morning, we had to go to Hasana. I think my sister-in-law's Hasana. And um, we were, my brother-in-law's, my brother's Hasana in, in Texas. We were leaving the next morning, 8 o'clock. And we had to leave 2 in the morning. Pasha, we needed to get home and, and get some sleep before the flight. 
but um, it, it really can go. And, and whenever it ends, it's because this last one, we left the first ones at 1230, and the rest of the guys stayed for another hour and a half, two hours just hanging out together. So is this like another Shabbos dinner where you have guests at your house, or is this, or is this even more than that? I think it's more powerful than a Friday night dinner. I think Friday night dinner, which is your, I find, is the best way to engage people. You're still the rabbi. You're wearing a kapote. You're wearing a hat. You're wearing a gartel. You're doing the first 20 minutes is a lot of Hebrew. And people, it takes a while for them to warm up. Um, you know, your wife is going to uh, wow them with the house and the food and the and the decor and, and the and the beauty of Shabbos. Your kids will be there and they'll see they'll see the family side of the of the rabbi. But here you're able to really cut to the chase very quickly. You know, people at Friday night dinner, it can take them till after the main course to really warm up and start talking and start asking questions. They're still a little um, they're still a little wary and they're not sure where this thing is going. Here they're hanging with their friends at, at their friend's house, drinking Glenlivet, eating sushi, and right off the bat you're coming in. You're not pontificating. You're not being religious. You're being a, a, a person. And there's a mile in a front of dinner, but there's a there's I think even a more powerful mile here that you're able to just connect on a personal level. When the host is sending out an email, are they coming up with the wording, or do you give them like the basic wording for it? I give them a general format which they then adapt. Um, the, the format I use is the subject line is join us for an uncensored evening with an authentic Hasidic couple. Yes, I pretend to be an authentic Hasidic rabbi. The talk to me must be about that one. But um, that's, that's the subject. The content is please join us for an uncensored evening with an authentic Hasidic couple, Rabbi Mendy and Brachatelden, when, you know, this in the state, where at, the ho- at our home, with the address, and we would love to have you join us for a fun and informative evening. Ask any questions you might have. Nothing is off limits. Depending the crowd, I stick in a parenthesis here, even about the hole in the sheet and parentheses. We will have drinks, desserts, coffee, and guaranteed lots of information, fun and laughs. Um, the reason I put in that parentheses is let them know that it's, it's really going to be, you can ask anything. Let them come and have a good time. And yes, every single time we, we discuss the hole in the sheet, but it's 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 to set a tone that come and have a good time. There's really nothing off limits, and you can ask any question you ever wanted to ask about Judaism. You can ask to the rabbi. Many are there any last uh, ideas or thoughts that you'd like to share with Shluchim on this topic? I think in the beginning of each programming year, I sit down and I target you know five six different circles of of people. You know, there's the Hebrew school crowd, and even within the Hebrew school crowd, there's a couple different circles of friends. In the, in the in the Shabbos morning crowd or whatever it is, you you target different groups of groups of people, and you have them invite their friends. and you, And it takes a while; it takes them a month or two to set it up, and then you have to set it up uh, a month or two out. So, you know, you, you plan today for four months for now, but I'll, creating a kesher with people, I have not found a better way. Um, to to really create a personal friendship, which then you can do a lot with that, and, and, and they start getting involved in your relationship, the husband and the wife, and, and it blossoms from there. I've, I have not found a, a more productive way, both financially and time-wise, than just having a good old you know schmooze with a bunch of guys. The, the only real prep work that you have to do for this first event is listen to all the Damashatosh of Kinnas and the Kinnas, and read a lot about the topics that you know, the topic, the sensitive topic that people are going to ask about. Um, 
you don't have an answer to everything, I don't have an answer to everything, but you have to have something to say. And um, you know, over time, you do this a bunch of times, you start developing your own your own vertilach, your own stories, and your own ideas that you're able to, to, to give over the patient that you want to get over. Um, but I think that ultimately, it almost doesn't matter what you're going to say. The fact that they were able to talk to you is, um, you can say, you can sing uh, Old MacDonald Had a Farm. They'll, they'll still just be so thrilled that they're able to, to sit there with the rabbi who's saying Old MacDonald Had a Farm. But you, with that, you still have to have the tefillin to answer. So you really have to do some research of, of what are the answers to the big questions. And over time, you'll develop um, 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 the answers how you, wanted, how, how you want to portray them. Do the questions usually just start by themselves, or do you have to encourage questions? There have been times that there was like a hat in the middle where people stuck anonymous questions in, and I actually put, put three, four questions in beforehand just in case there was no questions. Or, we, or the host can send out an email saying, if there's any questions you want to ask anonymously, please email them to me and I'll print them out. And no one knows if anyone else did, so those questions can be sitting in there. Um, but they're going to be the same questions. They're really going to be the same questions over and over. Um, you know, how do, how do, how do, how does Chabad view non-religious people, a little Zionism, a little um, woman's role in Judaism, um, dating, intimacy, marriage, TV, movies. You know, it's, it's, it's the general things that we probably all have talked about. Throw it in. But once, once the first two questions come up and, and people, you know, the, the wellsprings break free, people just ask questions. People have so much that they're ready to ask and, and it's bottled up for five years, ten years. Thirty years ago, an Orthodox Jew once told them something and, and they've been angry at Orthodoxy ever since. This is the first time they're able to ask it. So you'll see there's a lot, lot of stuff that people have in their minds. Thank you, Rabbi Mendy Teldin, for sharing with Shluchim about your Hatzlacha with the program of an uncensored evening with an authentic Hasidic couple. We really appreciate your time. Not a problem. If I can help with anything else, if anyone wants to call me, my cell is 631-767-3144. I'd be happy to help in any way. God bless.